0: All right. So the truth is no dude wants to be called Pam. But the truth is most men have a Pam problem. The Pam problem, guys, you know what that is? It's the passive aggressive man. Passive with his hopes, dreams, desires, maybe aggressive with vices, self-sabotage, distractions. They also struggle with women, work and the world of men. Pam is passive with women, constantly friend-zoned. He's the nice guy that women keep around to help them move, check on their dogs, but never want to date. Pam is passed up at work, passed up for the promotion, and can't seem to catch a break. If you think you may have a Pam problem or maybe you know someone that does, check out the High Value Man Conversation on Apple and Spotify and learn how to stop Pam and become a high value man. Learn more about the host, Aaron Alejandrino, on Instagram at TheFitBeard, all one word. But the podcast is called High Value Man Conversation. I checked it out on Apple Podcasts, it already has a five star review. It's got some great episodes, including how to avoid that dreaded friend zone. Those of you guys out there, I'm very familiar with that friend zone over the years. I was lucky enough to finally get out of it, but that is going to be an excellent episode for the you guys out there that are stuck in that situation. You can also learn how to just make friends. I mean, just basic stuff, but critical, critical stuff as well. Check out the High Value Man Conversation. It's available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You're not going to want to miss it. It'll add value to your life, guaranteed. Check it out today.
1: This is WWE Superstar Drew McIntyre,
0: and you're listening to the WWE Podcast. The one that everybody wants me. 16
2: says I just ripped your ass. This is my you going to acknowledge me. All right, everybody, guys and girls, welcome back to another edition of the Smackdown Review right here on the WWE podcast. As always, I am one of the hosts of the show, Michael Ritter. You can find me on Twitter at Michael5Ritter or on Instagram at MichaelRitter5. Also the host of the Football Function podcast, available on all of your podcasting platforms, including the one that you're listening to this show on, and also available on Patreon if you prefer an ad-free experience. Definitely make that your second or third listen of the day, if I can you know, recommend a podcast after you finish listening to this one. I mean, we, have, we haven't had an episode drop here in a few days, but the last episode we did have drop was with the Grim Reefer. So a voice of the WWE podcast, and I'm not sure if anybody has heard Grim Reefer's voice. You I know I haven't heard it on the show until he came on to my show, Football Function. So I definitely would recommend you guys checking that out. Obviously, you know, it would mean a lot to me. Just you know, given you guys for longtime listeners of this show know that podcast has kind of been something that I've been building over the past year and a half now, and it uh, definitely just goes a long way to helping me. So. Back to wrestling. Just want to do a little bit of shameless plug there. Back to wrestling here. Joining me on today's episode to talk about the SmackDown that aired on August 19th, 2022 from Montreal, Quebec, Canada. Actually the 1200th episode of SmackDown. So this is definitely a milestone episode. And we do have a nice SmackDown-themed top five at the very end of the episode. But joining me to get through this SmackDown recap here, John Carrasco, my humble co-host. Uh, you can find him on uh, Twitter, at Big Speaker, that's B-I-G-G underscore speaker. John, how you doing, bud? Aren't you glad it's Friday?
1: Oh, man, I'm doing pretty good, yes, sir, and thank you for the shout-out, man, and yeah, it has been a, it's been a tough week, I guess you could say, Oh my work-wise. Gosh. I mean, don't want to get into it too much, but yeah, I mean, it's been one of the, well, I'd say a continuous, stressful like,
2: I mean, time, I guess you could say, it's just, yeah. it's just,
1: I don't know man, but to, yeah. to put
2: it in wrestling we're terms, here. if we're like say me and you were having to be in six man tag matches mm-hmm. and our tag team partner just so happens to be I don't know, uh, James Ellsworth. I know you're not really familiar with who James Ellsworth is, but if you know who James Ellsworth is and you're listening to the show, then you pretty much know what I'm talking about. Um, Yeah, me and John have basically been having to, you know, carry the slack for some people who aren't very good at work. But, hey, that is what it is. You know, it's just, you know, personal life stuff. Um, We're not going to carry that over over to the WWE podcast. But, yes, I totally agree. Um, It'll definitely make for a long week. And I could not be happier that the week is over for multiple reasons. Obviously, the weekend is here. You get through a long, hot week of work, and you get to, you know, top it off and end it with the nightcap, which is Friday Night Smackdown, and this was a damn good episode. Yes, sir. And I'm glad that we get to uh, to recap it. You know, it's, it's always fun, you know, uh, especially episodes like this that are entertaining. You always have that element of surprise. I know some stuff kind of got leaked before the show in terms of, like, people who were going to appear and why they were going to appear. We'll kind of get into that a little bit later, but... All in all, I was uh, I was still excited to watch SmackDown. You kind of talked about it that you you do get a little bit more excited to watch these WWE shows here over the past couple of weeks for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. You know, given that Triple H kind of running the show, things are a little bit different. You really know you you never know what the next episode is going to bring. But with all that being said, we can go ahead and get into it. Oh yeah, by the way, just because I saw it a little bit uh, earlier. I'm freaking tired of seeing those blue ropes on NXT, man. Get them on SmackDown. Yep. We're going to leave it there. Didn't we won't go any yet. further. 1200th episode, you know i got to bring up the blue ropes. Come on, show some damn respect. <laughs> but anyways, let's go ahead and get into this SmackDown, shall we? <clears throat> Excuse me, Ronda Rousey. She starts this one. By entering through the crowd, and, you know, she stumbles through it, but she does get her promo out. She says that she paid her fine last week, and she is not leaving the ring until she gets reinstated. And then she tells Adam Pearce to come to the ring, which he finally does. And he comes to an unanimous booze, I guess is what I was you know, trying to say. And that's booze as in B-O-O-S, not B-O-O-Z-E. <laughs> he comes out to the crowd booing him like crazy. And he's followed by a group of security guards. He respectfully asks her to leave the ring peacefully. But she says that that's what she did last week. And uh, she warns him to not make her choose violence this week. And then the security guards eventually go into the ring. She makes light work of them. Police officers come out to the ring and put her in handcuffs to uh, escort her out of the arena. And uh, I know they're kind of sort of trying to turn her heel, it seems. But i got to be honest, if you're going to give her uh, a last line, her last words being, quote unquote, uh, Pierce, nice haircut. It's going to be tough for her to be a heel in my book. Well, I man,
1: that was definitely funny at the end of that, but the thing that got me was whenever she put that dude in like that, or before she was going to put him in the armboard and he was just like screaming, Ronda, no, no, you know, type stuff.
2: Dude, that guy, I'm glad you brought that up. He, for some reason, I didn't get a great look at him, but he just, in terms of his face, the eyes that he was making, his facial expressions, looking up at Ronda Rousey, he looked like the guy who plays the homeless guy on Big Daddy. You know, the one that gets the Egg oh, McMuffin yeah. or whatever. He's on several Adam Sandler movies. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just kind of who I saw. I should have looked him up, but I didn't plan on bringing him up. But since you did, it was on the top of my head I had to. But yeah. yeah, go ahead. Yeah,
1: but yeah, that that was like the like interesting part of it. I mean, over all the talking and everything, it was just it was just too much, I guess you could say. Just, I mean, she has some time off. She should be at least rehearsing, I guess, you know, taking some, I don't know, Verbal classes or something. I don't know. I just, I just don't get what she's doing out there. But I did like it whenever she they shut the, the car door on her. She was still talking. That was the best part of her. Yeah, probably right there.
2: A nice touch. Yeah. Whenever you could barely hear her, that's that's usually whenever see. it's probably the best. Can't even hear. Oh, her. just whenever you cut her off. Okay, <laughs> I get it now. But anyways, oh, I, I will say they've done this angle several times of mm-hmm. like a suspended person coming through the crowd and you know breaking over the barricade or whatever and, you know, just kind of, you know, breaking the rules and showing up. And I got to say, this is the one where it feels like they're forcing it. You know, like nobody really cares. At least no one that I have talked to about Ronda Rousey, you know, showing up despite she's suspended. Mm -hmm. She's not really – I mean, she's kind of like an afterthought right now if you really think about it. Shayna Baszler, it's Liv Morgan, and some of these other women that are involved in the tag team tournament. That's where the focal point is in the women's division. No one's really thinking about Ronda Rousey. At least that's kind of the – the View I have on it, I guess. So, whenever I see her come over to the ramp, I'm like, oh, she's back. I forgot she was even suspended. Number one, just that's how far off of my brain it is. And then, number two, it's like the crowd isn't getting you know too crazy. Although, I will say, Montreal was behind Ronda Rousey tonight. They did say we want Ronda several times, they had some chance going. They were some, sure, su- sure. they were supportive of her, but even a crowd that's extremely supportive of her really doesn't like. I guess they don't go that crazy whenever she shows up, or at least, you know, as crazy as they used to go. But as she's leaving in the cop car, we see a black Yukon. At least It might be black. I know the windows are extremely tinted. But uh, it pulls up, and it does include, or I guess the uh, precious cargo that was inside is the WWE Undisputed Universal Champion, Roman Reigns. So that's just kind of reminding us, oh, yeah, Roman Reigns goes face-to-face with Drew McIntyre tonight. Definitely get your popcorn ready for that but let's see here moving on speaking of that women's tag team tournament we get a qualifying match or I guess just you know a tournament match whatever it is before the semifinals quarterfinals I guess is what it is but anyways Natalia and Sonya Deville take on Toxic Attraction they take the place of the former NXT team that was in the tournament that is um Nikita Lions and Zoe Stark, which you know I've already I kind of forecasted this whole tournament and it was playing out exactly how I thought it was until injuries kind of you know put a fork in things, but I still think it's going to be the same outcome in terms of the NXT team versus EO Sky and Dakota Kai. I do believe that's still going to be um the championship or the finals. At Clash of the Castle, I believe, is whenever they're going to do that. Hopefully, at least it makes sense you know, to have the finals be at the pay-per-view coming up. Mm-hmm. But um, I still think it's going to be the the newly returned tag team, Sky and Kai, versus the NXT tag team. It's just going to be a different NXT tag team. But as far as this match goes, I will say Gigi Dolan. I was a fan of her whenever she was Priscilla Kay in the independent circuit or in the, in the uh, indie scene, however you want to phrase it. I definitely have been following her, and um, she is a very good wrestler and fun to look at. I'll just be honest. she is definitely a very toxic attraction. her She's a toxic, attractive woman, I guess you could unintended. say. but either way, I'm a fan, to say the gotcha. least, uh, like what she's doing out there. Natalia doesn't see the tag in this match, you know, okay. fast forward kind of all the way to the end after a pretty good little back and forth here. Both women get to showcase. Some of what they do to people who aren't very familiar with NXT, myself included, I'm not familiar with Gigi Dolan in NXT, other than like highlights and stuff. I'm familiar with her as Priscilla K in the indie scene, but like I said, Natalia does not see um, Gigi's tag team partner. What's her name? Did you Did you catch her name? It's like Jade something. Uh, JCJ. JC Jade. Okay, that's on me. J. Okay, I knew I was gonna butcher it again. But anyways. Uh she tags in without Natalia seeing. Natalia's trying to put Gigi in the sharpshooter. Mm-hmm. But she gets rolled up, one, two, three, and toxic attraction, advances to the next round. I believe they go against Raquel and Aaliyah next week on SmackDown in the semifinals match. What do you got to think? Got any predictions there on that one? You can get out ahead of everybody.
1: Well, I mean I don't have no predictions for it. I mean, I'm actually liking like how like the suspense is there and, you know, I haven't like, thought of, like, who could actually win this type deal. So, I mean, that's kind of cool for me. But, uh yeah, man, I actually did want to see, like, Nikita Lyons, like, actually performing, I guess you could say, rather than just seeing her, like, Twitter and stuff like that, pictures, if anything. But that's another story. But um Gigi Dolan, yeah, I guess that's a – I wouldn't say, like, an upgrade or anything. I mean, of course, I don't really know her that much as well. But the team, I mean, they look like they – they were doing their stuff, you know, they the chemistry was kind of there and everything like that. So I mean, <sighs>
2: Excuse I, me. I,
1: I wasn't mad at it, you know?
2: Yeah.
1: And then for Sonya Deville, man, I, I don't know, like if you had caught it, but like how they had are they were already in the ring and they were like doing Natalia's uh, entrance. And it kind of seemed like it just like skipped over her. Yeah. I guess like you could say, and she just looked like <clears throat> all mad on the side of the ropes. I was like, I wonder if she kind of pissed because she's not getting like, the attention or like the the same like respect you know from i guess like what had happened with her, her and adam pierce but yeah that was just something that kind of popped out to me and i was like hmm
2: little chin scratcher yeah dakota kai bailey and eo actually show up and they are at ringside here they are mouthing off to pat mcphee and michael cole they do get involved just a little bit you know talking crap to sonia deville i did like the line that bailey said saying uh, you're better at a G, you're better at being a GM oh, than yeah. you are at this, and you know, she we all know how bad she was at the GM, so that's not necessarily a compliment there. But, anyways, moving on here, this is actually one of my more entertaining parts of the show. Sami Zayn gets some one on one time with Roman Reigns in his locker room, and you could hear the crowd popping for Sami Zayn like this. Like, we'll get to that, uh, in the five man, the fatal five way tag team or tag team match. Definitely <laughs> late, guys, gotta bear with us here, all right? the fatal five-way number one contenders match mm-hmm. for the Intercontinental Championship against Gunther at Clash of Champions. Clash at the Castle. I just can't even get do this damn thing, can I? But either ways, we're leaving all this in. Either way, um, let's see here. Rewind a little bit. Let me get back to where I was. Sami Zayn got a crazy pop for this fatal five-way number one contenders match for Gunther's Intercontinental Championship at Clash at the Castle. There we go. Feel a lot better about that one. But anyways, yeah, man, I mean, as far as this little backstage segment, I mean, you could hear the crowd going crazy just whenever he was popping up on the Jumbotron, and you know that they were kind of showing us what was going on backstage. But basically, Sami Zayn calls out Jay for constantly getting on his case and questioning if he's pulling his weight in the bloodline. We've all heard him. Yada, yada, yada. Well, Roman Reigns actually agrees that that Jay Uso's kind of, you know, a little bit Mm -hmm. suspect, I guess you could say. That's that's one way to put it. It's kind of hard for me to phrase it or to put it into words. But if you watch the segment and you could just tell by his body language, you knew what Roman Reigns was kind of, you know, getting out there. And who knows if he's just, you know, pulling Sammy's leg, leading him in a certain direction. I personally don't know yet. I don't have as good of a grasp on that situation, I feel like, with uh, with exactly what's going to happen with Sami Zayn and the bloodline and that whole dynamic. I am looking forward to seeing that unfold in the coming weeks. But uh, he walks away, Roman Reigns does. While Sami Zayn is still there, immediately after he walks away, conveniently, Jay Uso calls his cell phone. Sami says, hey, you know, Jay's calling you right now. Your phone's ringing. You know, the typical thing you do if you see your friend's phone ringing, he's away. And, uh... Roman Reigns, oh, no, go ahead. You answer it. I mean, go ahead. And Sammy's like, hey, what's up, Boose? You know, he answers the phone. And Jay basically, you know, just tells him, hey, we're having some uh, some trouble at the border. And, you know, we're not going to be able to uh, to make it. And who knows what he means by trouble and all that good stuff. But basically, Roman Reigns is visibly bothered by that whenever he finds out that they're not going to be there tonight. However, he still wishes Sammy good luck. In his match coming up, and he does kind of comment on how the Intercontinental Championship would look good in the bloodline. I have to agree on that. What are your thoughts on this segment?
1: Man, this was comical. I mean, from the very beginning. Great stuff. Like, just being welcomed in and stuff like that. It was just, it it was great to see. And I mean, I'll I'll get into it here in a little bit whenever we touch base on this next one. But, yeah, if this could have been a little bit longer, man, I don't know. I just I could have like sat there and watched this just at least a good like three minutes longer. I guess you could say see where it was leading to and stuff like that. But I don't know, man. The only thing I can say is like the little facial expressions every time like Sami Zayn would say like the bloodline or something like that. It kind of looked like Sami Zayn or Ron Reigns gave him a little like like mug type thing. You know, I was mm-hmm. like, hmm, little things that I was just just like I don't know. Pebbles, crumbs, I guess you could say, you know? Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. I was just like, man, I don't know. It it just seems like there was something that he was holding back to tell Sammy at the end of that, you know?
2: No, I I totally agree, and I see what you're saying there. Mm -hmm. But, excuse me, I will say, man, it's hard not to notice. Like, number one, like, I get it that they were in Montreal, that's his hometown. But, dude, you cannot deny the crowd reaction for Sami Zayn. Oh, yeah. And how loud they were, the pop, it was just crazy. The energy that he had when he came out there, I was like, holy crap, man. Like, this is for real. And just the belief that Triple H has in Sami Zayn, like, just from, like, a competitor. He knows how talented Mm -hmm. Sami Zayn is. And that's just, I mean, you kind of saw it right there in that segment. The way he was able to carry a segment with Roman Reigns and just stay there, go toe-to-toe, like, in terms of, like, delivery, his demeanor. Everything about Sami Zayn was A plus there and he hit it out of the park. Wow. He's somebody that can do the same thing with Paul Heyman. You know, we've seen Sami Zayn and Paul Heyman have these segments where they're kind of just, you know, going back and forth. Who knows how much of it's scripted, how much of it is improvised. But long story short, Sami Zayn is a very big asset to the company. I'm so glad he's on SmackDown. He's a true SmackDown competitor. He is one of the guys that since the brand split has happened, he hasn't gone back over to Monday Night Raw. That's why he mm. can, like that's whole elder stakesman. That whole gimmick because he was the elder statesman on SmackDown. You know, you had to basically like that's kind of what is starting to remind me of that previous draft where Sami Zayn stayed here. <clears throat> excuse me, in the the draft that's coming up here in October. I, I really hope that uh, Sami Zayn stays on SmackDown. But yeah, that's pretty much all I wanted to comment on. Is just, I mean, you, you, I'm pretty sure that Triple H was aware of that pop. And I, like I said, I get it. They're in Montreal. But that was one of the pops that are just like, man, like I haven't heard one that loud since WrestleMania, legitimately. That was crazy. And oh, I bet it was, it was pretty it was. loud at SummerSlam, you know, whenever Dakota Kai and Bayley returned. But, man, just for that, I mean, this wasn't a return. This wasn't a SummerSlam packed-out football stadium. You know, this was just a typical Monday Night Raw. Or, sorry, Friday Night SmackDown. I'm already thinking about Raw going to Toronto, losing Canada. Just bear with me here, all right? But anyways, um... For Sami Zayn to get a pop like that, just on a you know regular old SmackDown, you, you got you to gotta love seeing that if you're a Sami Zayn fan. And I'm going to go ahead and uh, give it a four to you because, yeah, it's called our show Raw. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what to say about
1: that, man. But, yeah, Sami Zayn, I mean, the the pop was crazy. I mean, I guess I could say – well, actually, I don't know, man. Do, do you think it's, like, all just because of being in, like, Canada? Or is it more of, like, maybe – him being involved with the bloodline in a way as well.
2: Like, are you talking about the pop itself or just yeah. the, I guess, him being featured so prominently? Yeah. Well, well, not, not
1: just being like, uh, like featured, I guess you could say, because like, I felt like whenever like Roman Reigns started like to acknowledge him in to the bloodline, whenever he said that the belt would look good at, with the bloodline, like everybody kind of popped right there too. And I was like, hmm, okay. Yeah. Maybe they do want to see him involved still.
2: I think that maybe him being such a prominent role or a prominent part of SmackDown today had a lot to do with him being in his hometown, but at the same time, I do believe Triple H's eyes are open now about mm-hmm. this. So, okay, like, okay, we're on this. Like We know Sami Zayn is for sure over here. Let's see how over he is in the next city, you know, mm-hmm. whenever, whenever they continue to do this. And personally, I feel like this, long before they were going to Montreal, this dynamic and this, um, I guess, progression- of Sami Zayn and the bloodline has been very interesting. And I really think that now the triple H is, you know, in control here, you might just expect it to be turned up a couple notches. Like maybe if it was going to, I guess, boil over at the Royal rumble, maybe now it boils over a survivor series or something like that.
1: That's what I was about to say too. I wonder like what the, like he had said something about uh, Kevin Owens. Oh I yeah. Forgot, I forgot what Kevin Good Owens point. Had said, but I was kind of curious. I was like, and could that be leading to something too? You know,
0: you're listening to the WWE podcast. We'll be right back after this short break. All right, so the truth is, no dude wants to be called Pam, but the truth is, most men have a Pam problem. The Pam problem, guys, you know what that is? It's the passive aggressive man, passive with his hopes, dreams, desires. Maybe aggressive with vices, self-sabotage, distractions. They also struggle with women, work, and the world of men. Pam is passive with women, constantly friend-zoned. He's the nice guy that women keep around to help them move, check on their dogs, but never want to date. Pam is passed up at work, passed up for the promotion, and can't seem to catch a break. If you think you may have a Pam problem, or maybe you know someone that does, check out the high value man conversation on Apple and Spotify and learn how to stop Pam and become a high value man. Learn more about the host, Aaron Alejandrino on Instagram at the fit all one word, but the podcast is called high value man conversation. I checked it out on Apple podcasts. It already has a five-star review it's got some great episodes, including how to avoid that dreaded friend zone. Those of you guys out there, I'm very familiar with that friend zone over the years. I was lucky enough to finally get out of it, but that is going to be an excellent episode for the you guys out there that are stuck in that situation. You can also learn how to just make friends. I mean, just basic stuff, but critical, critical stuff as well. Check out the High Value Man Conversation. It's available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You're not going to want to miss it. It'll add value to your life, guaranteed. Check it out today. Welcome back to the WWE Podcast. Let's get back to more great wrestling audio.
2: Oh, it for sure is. I mean, Kevin Owens being from Montreal, they were definitely planting some seeds there without a doubt to kind of get things going there. But speaking of getting things going... Hit row, they interrupt the Maximum Mel model segment and basically just. This was like a music video, like exactly like a music video where you see some people like on stage or something like that, and they have the crowd's attention, Mm -hmm. and then they come out, you know, the the people who the music video is about, and they you know beat the hell out of the people that are there, and they just put on the hell of a show. That's kind of like. The way I saw, I was like, man, this is literally like I'm watching MTV right now, just talking about music videos, or at least old school MTV. I don't even know what's on MTV these days, it's just ridiculousness, marathons <laughs> all day, every day. But anyways, um, what'd you think about this? This hit row segment, just as a whole, I will say, whenever I saw them attack Maxima Men models, I was like, Whoa, okay, like that's the, that's the first thing they've done that I'm like, nice, like hell yeah, let's go. But then as soon as they put on the concert. I had my thoughts. I'm curious to hear yours. Well, I mean, I'm glad that the
1: Maximum Male Models got the booze that it deserved, you know, kind of started that. But then, I don't know, man. I can't I can't see the direction. Just because Hit Row is new to me as a whole, I guess you could say. You know, at first I had saw it with including Swerve and stuff like that, and I see that he's doing good, but... Like, right now, like, out of those three that are there right now, like, the only person that I could see that's possibly could further himself, Top Dog. You know, it just seems like it's more natural whenever, like, he's rapping and everything like that. Even in the ring, you know, he seems like he knows, like, his moves and stuff like that. On the other side, was it B-Fab? Seems like it's kind of like, okay, maybe she just needs to get back in the rhythm of things. Like, you know, being out of the work and stuff like that. And I can't. I don't even know Adonis. Is that? Yeah, that's it. I don't even know what to say about him. Just because like he didn't even like rap or anything, you know. So he he was just mad libs in there. He was just saying some stuff. The haters are back. Just like, (laughs) oh man, I don't know. So I mean, I I just I I don't see the direction of it. I don't want to say that I don't like it, but I'm not for it right now.
2: I like that it, it included some physicality tonight. I will say that you know, let's, it kind of just establishes or establishes themselves, themselves, whatever.
1: I hope it kind of just like boots maximum male models out of the way because
2: I don't get you that. saw Maxine come I out there. She was out there dancing, and too, you saw so. Top Dollar was eyeing her in the ring too. Whenever he was kind of you know, I, was, I saw that. I caught on to that, but I will say just quickly. Um, I don't know much about it. I know that Swerve is involved with, like, this hidden treasures, A&E, WWE, like, mm-hmm. TV show type thing. That's the first place I saw him. That was my introduction to him. So, to see him go from that to, like, this drastic of a change, you know, where he was, like, trying to buy historic artifacts from people and, like, very, like, you know, I guess, buttoned up type, you know. Definitely didn't portray himself as, like, a musician, which you know that... You, people i guess that doesn't mean anything right like me seeing him in that setting doesn't and doesn't mean that he's not like a rapper you know but i guess just seeing the drastic change is kind of what gets is what makes or i guess is what takes me out of the moment is one thing like if that, if that was all i ever saw him as as top dollar coming out with hit row i might feel a little bit different But because I was exposed to that first, it did kind of taint the way that I view top dollar just by himself. Mm -hmm. And I guess guilty by association, it took a little bit of credibility away from the group. So it was tough for me to really get behind him from day one. And just seeing, I'll be honest, the the word that always comes back to me whenever I see this is corny. That's just kind of what it is. I just feel like, yeah, it's it's extremely corny. And, uh, you know, we'll see if they can evolve. We'll see if they can, um, you know... Kind of find a niche here, but I do think that them, you know, kicking ass and then performing, you know, in the ring, that that might be a little bit sustainable. I will say, just if you're going to add some physicality to it, like I was, like I was mentioning, is like I feel like this could establish themselves as like a group that is like going to just absolutely run through whoever is in their way and still, you know, take the stage and basically like hold the show hostage for a little bit, although you can expect at some point somebody's gonna interrupt their song, their music's gonna hit. Mm. And we're gonna get a program out of that. But I mean, as far as the song itself goes, would you add it to your playlist or would you hit skip? I would have to hit skip. All right. <laughs> yep. All right. I definitely will not uh say you're wrong there at all. But anyways, let's go ahead and move on to the fatal five way match, the number one contendership for the Intercontinental Champion, Gunther. And I don't know if that's necessarily what you, uh, I mean, you're winning, but at the same time, like the way I, the way I see this is like, this is like the chiefs being the first team to advance to the AFC championship game. And these two teams that are also playing in the divisional round are trying to play to go, you know, the winner gets to go play the chiefs. You know, it's going to be a hard ass game, a hard fought game. And you're going to have your work cut out for you. You're going to have to go against one of the best quarterbacks in the league, so in comparison to this, I feel like that's kind of the same thing. Like, yeah, you win, but what's the prize? Getting five chops that you're never going to get chopped as hard again in your entire life? Getting that vicious powerbomb through the mat, running into somebody who is an absolute buzzsaw and is red hot right now, and that's Gunther. And you know how high I am on this guy, somebody that has not wavered um, in terms of like my confidence in his in his championship reign since he got the title I mean, I would have been interested to see Sami Zayn just because of like the, uh, you know, that underdog aspect. You know, him getting the number one contendership in his hometown, going up against Gunther. He would have been able to tell a good story. I I really believe that. So uh, I would have been interested there, but I truly feel like none of these guys really are a threat. They're really not. And um, Gunther is making that Intercontinental Championship feel more like prestigious and that's what you always want because people always call it that they always reference that this title has the most prestige has the most history behind it why isn't it more you know featured on the show this and that well it's all about who has it in my personal opinion not I mean it doesn't always kind of you know equal that no matter what but for the most part um if the champion is doing a good job you know showcasing that title making it feel important then more often than not the title is going to you know just by default be important and you're going to want to see it on the show and I feel like with Gunther holding it it's kind of been like that for a while now but anyways just back to this match the fatal five way um very long really all over the place every single wrestler in this match had a spot where it looked like they were in complete control and sometimes even seemed like they could close it out that was just kind of what I what I thought there were several times where I thought it was going to be over <clears throat> excuse me but it just continued on so you do like to see that because it gets you into the moment and it really makes you invested. Sheamus does end up stealing this win after Sami Zayn's heroics fall short. Keep in mind, he got injured. He had to leave. It looked like maybe a shoulder or something like that was injured. He comes back. The crowd roars. Um, he almost pins Ricochet, I believe it was. He hits a huluva kick right in the corner. He has, you know, pin. He was not kicking out. Baron Corbin pulls him out of the ring. Pretty rough fall if you watched it just from just dragging him out. That's always pretty tough. Like, one thing I've noticed is, like, uh, like uh someone will have, like, I can't even tell you how many times, like, Sasha Banks had somebody, like, in the bank statement or something like that just pulling on their face. Their neck's just, you know, actually pulled back, and, like, they're reaching for the ropes, whoever she has it in, and or whoever she has that move in is reaching for the ropes. And that person's partner or whoever is, like, pulling their arm, trying to pull them closer to the ropes while they're, like, getting their neck pulled, and I'm always like... You're honestly hurting him a little bit worse. Right. But this was kind of one of those where, uh, you know, he got yanked out of the ring. And that was the end of Sami Zayn. Made Baron Corbin look even more like an ass than he already did. The crowd, in fact, chanted a-hole. So, uh, yeah, you know, you always love that. I love a good a-hole chant. I would have definitely participated in that if it was me. Uh, but what do you think about Seamus winning, being the number one contender for Gunther?
1: Well, at the very beginning of this, man, the the my two possibilities of the people winning was either Sami Zayn or sheamus okay so i mean for that to actually happen man i was kind of like okay you know we're about to see like two brutal guys kind of go at each other and it's not going to be no mediocre stuff it's going to be i think it's going to they're going to put on a good show for us you know in two weeks i believe it is right clash of the castle yeah yeah clash of castle yeah. my bad uh, yeah uh, yeah um Whenever they go go at it, man, I, I just think that it's just going to be something that they're that we're not going to be disappointed in. So yes, I'm like, so seeing uh, Seamus win that was definitely a positive for me.
2: I agree. Seamus definitely is somebody who, of any of those guys, they definitely give uh, you know I guess Gunther a possibility of having mm-hmm. a good match, you know, to say the least. Yeah, I just felt like man, Madcap. I mean, no, I'm high form. I like Madcap.
1: Like yeah. It just it just didn't feel like his like. Like he, he, he was there physically, you know, like he, I mean, of course he was there, you know, fighting and stuff like that, but it wasn't like the normal mad captain that we see, you know, energetic, you know, getting some good spears and stuff like that. So I was just like, okay, yeah, I don't, I, I just don't see like too much going for him in this one. I was kind of like, oh man, but I mean, Corbin, it was kind of cool to see him kind of bouncing back from his Pat McAfee thing and stuff like this, but I don't know, man. I think Seamus is going to put on a good one for us.
2: He will. I mean, definitely. It's a big guy versus a big guy. Somebody who can maybe, you know, put some physicality on the Gunther. You know, mm-hmm. who knows? I'm definitely going to be tuning into that one. Looking forward to seeing how it plays out. Yeah. What about the Viking Raiders video package? Just kind of how that was. Uh, it was a little bit dark. It looked like kind of like a funeral. Maybe is that what it was? Burning all the New Day stuff. The box of bootios was, was in there. They kind of talk mm-hmm. about how they've, you know, done damage to the New Day. Uh, what'd you take away from this?
1: Well, the only thing that... I- well I wouldn't say the only thing but like main thing was like I was kind of curious like who was doing that finger painting on them you know like who was that extra person that could be possibly their third guy you know I'm not saying like oh they like stomped out the new day and stuff like that but they've definitely they they definitely put their work on them and stuff like that to kind of man I wouldn't say like dismember
2: them in a way but well, put them on the shelf. I mean, if anything is going to put an end to the new day, because people have always been, you know, they've been craving a gimmick change. Mm-hmm. They've they been kind of doing thinking. the same maybe, thing. Maybe, I mean, maybe
1: they're because they called it the new day funeral last week. It's um, very,
2: I guess, symbolic mm-hmm. is a good word to kind of say it. Yeah. But. Yeah.
1: So that's the only thing that I kind of was like, man, maybe, maybe they're breaking this group up. You know, maybe I'm gonna try and like shake things up. But then again, I was like. I want to see Big E go against one of these guys at least one time, you know, like as the group together. But I don't know, man. I definitely have a new look on the. I'm going to give it to him. Vicious Viking Raiders.
2: Vicious. All right. You mm-hmm. like to see it. But. I do, I do. Another thing I like to see is Liv Morgan compete in the ring against Shotzi. This is a pretty little, I guess. Uh, I'm trying to think of the word to to use, I guess, fiery matchup because these two they've been going back and forth on Twitter. I'm not sure if you've seen this or not. That was actually funny, they've been poking fun at each other. I gotta say, Shotzi got her a little good. Liv Morgan, man, she's been on the receiving end of some punches. This, this, um, this title reign is gonna change her. I was gonna
1: say, the one that got me though, when it was uh Shannon Baszler, I mean, I wouldn't expect her to even enter or you know, care to tweet anything at all, and she put like that. Like water, glitter tears, you know, and I was just picture live with those little things, and I just started rolling. Deep. Yeah, she like, might want to wipe that, <laughs> wipe that off of her, uh, her uh, shtick there. That 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 was the funniest thing I took out of like today. I guess you could say from out of
2: all of that. But one thing live took away today was a win. She got the win True. over Shotzi with the Oblivion. Shayna Baszler comes out, attacks her, says, hey, I'm not going to break your arm now because I actually want you to make it to Clash of the Castle where I could beat you then. Break your arm then, take your title, and uh, that's that. Do you have anything else to add on this, though, as far as like the match and the segment goes? Well, I mean, the... I don't even know what it was.
1: Was was it a DDT that Shotzi had did to live on the side of the ring where she, like, smacked her head, like, direct and then fell off? That thing looked like it was just, like... Crazy right there. I don't know. It, I mean, it had to have been a DDT in my mind, but that was definitely like a crazy move right there. It just looked painful as heck whenever she landed on her head. Oh yeah, she, she did. They went again. to commercial break. Yeah. yeah, and I was just like, "Gosh, dang!"
2: I'll be careful there, man. Those will really, uh, really do some damage. Mm-hmm. And then out of this one, man, I kind of felt
1: like, like Shotzi, she was the better performer in this. Like, it's like she was like the believable winner, you know. So for Liv to get that little. I don't even know because she was just getting beat up, you know, like the whole time. And then it just changed in a quick like five seconds in the, at the end of the match. And she was just – she just got the win. And I was like, oh, I couldn't see it go that way. But, man, Shotzi, uh, she looked good to me in this match.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I like Shotzi from Oakland, California. So that's one one little connection you got with her there. I know you got your Raiders hat on right there. Shout out to the Raiders. Yes, Although they're not in Oakland anymore. I think we all know where Raider Nation really resides, but – why don't you know, let's not waste any more time. Let's get to this face-to-face Roman Reigns, Drew McIntyre, man, they were both spitting fire. I got to say, Drew was absolutely just, I mean, saying, yeah, you're absolutely, I mean, I don't even really know where to start just because I don't want to, I don't want to do them a disservice. They're both going off. I will say just really quickly here, that new tree animation that Roman Reigns had as he came out. It was like the, and then they did his typical one, you know, where he's mm-hmm. doing his thing, but the tree is one that I thought, but, man, I I do think Drew McIntyre won this verbal exchange. You know, took the shirt off. I'm sure the ladies of Quebec love that. And then, uh, you know, just went toe-to-toe, started trading blows with Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. Pretty good stuff. Gave you a nice little taste. But, unfortunately, Sami Zayn comes out. And he uh, kind of saves Roman Reigns and Rome or at least for a little bit. He say, he saves him temporarily from one, from one of He temp yeah. he saves him temporarily and that's just you know a testament to to Drew McIntyre. The mm-hmm. fact that he is damn near inevitable. Like even if Sami Zayn comes out, even if the Usos come out, it really doesn't matter. He seems to be on a collision course with that oh, yeah. undisputed universal WWE championship.
1: Man, I like how Drew he, he's been like wanting to get a fight started at like these past couple of weeks, you know, like getting the crowd involved and everything like that. So it's definitely see or good to see like these two going at it, but man, I don't even know. I mean, of course, we know the direction of who's going to win and stuff like that. But I mean, for Roman to go against Drew, man, he's definitely going to get like another Brock beating in my eyes whenever this happens. You know, because Drew McIntyre, he's not going to want a disappointment whenever he's at you know his hometown, his or I wouldn't say hometown, but his home's place, I guess you could say. You know,
2: so yeah. Definitely ready for this to happen. Good two weeks. But Drew stands victorious, and that is how SmackDown goes off the air. But we can go ahead and transition into a top five. And this is a very, st- or a very special top five for us here on the SmackDown review. Not only is this the 96th edition since I've been doing the SmackDown review, but it's also the 1200th episode of SmackDown in general. So we thought, why not bring back Top 5 Friday for this special occasion and go ahead and tie it to SmackDown? And what we were going to do there is I'm going to give you my top five SmackDown wrestlers of all time. And I know you might be a little bit confused there. What are you talking about, SmackDown? I mean, there's drafts nowadays. The brand split didn't even exist for like six, seven years, however long that was. There was a point in time where wrestlers used to have a synonymous connection or they were just synonymous in general with a specific brand both raw and Smackdown hell even ECW had some people that were very synonymous with their brands so I'm going to highlight the Smackdown superstars on this particular episode and we're going to basically just go through and I'm going to run through uh, my quick top five of Smackdown superstars of all time let's not waste any more time let's go ahead and run through it Really quickly, some honorable mentions here. Uh, Paul London and Billy Kidman, they were a tag team. They had the WWE Tag Team Championships for a little while. Just phenomenal wrestlers. Just If, if you watch them compete, it's like if they needed a third guy, Ricochet would fit in well with them. They're kind of cut from the same cloth as him. Just phenomenal wrestlers inside the ring, good sellers, all that good stuff. Billy Kidman was a damn good uh, shooting star press, I guess. He was very good at doing the shooting star press. But anyways, um, Hardcore Holly, Edge, Rey Mysterio, Tori Wilson, just to name a few. You know, some uh, Sable, to name some uh, some Divas as well. Uh, I really enjoyed that era of SmackDown. So that was just a little bit of honorable mentions. Uh, best General Manager, Theodore Long. Let me holler at you, playa. Uh, best Stage, The Fist from the Ruthless Aggression era. Before that, I'll give it to the first SmackDown stage that was pretty cool as well if you look it up you'll see some highlights and you'll recognize like okay that's the stage he's talking about but without a doubt the fist in the ruthless aggression era is easily the best stage best song smackdown live like 2015 i think it was maybe 2016 not really sure but i definitely enjoyed that song it was a nice little banger there so just some quick little fun facts or at least my opinions here on smackdown but let's get into the top five shall we number five JBL, John Bradshaw Layfield, WWE champion for like over a year or something like that. I'm not really sure exactly how long it was, but man, that title run was phenomenal. One of the best heels in the entire uh, WWE's history. He is the textbook character change, like going from something that's a mid card when he was in the APA and um, just a tag team wrestler. To changing your character, completely getting a new gimmick, changing your look, and elevating yourself to being a world champion. And not only that, but the top heel in the company, or at least on your brand, which was SmackDown at the time. He ultimately lost that championship to John Cena at WrestleMania 21, but he had one of the best reigns as the WWE champion. And I definitely had to give some credit there where it's due. Number four, this one might be a little bit surprising to some people, but I gave it to The Rock. Um people might think he should be a little bit higher given that SmackDown was technically named after him or at least in his honor. I completely agree with that. He was the first pick back in the original draft whenever he got drafted to SmackDown. Totally understand that. But his SmackDown career wasn't as good as some of these other guys that are ahead of him, just being completely honest. Even some of the people that are honorable mentions they had a lot more matches and a lot better runs on SmackDown than The Rock did. I mean it's no secret. The Rock really made his heyday back in the Raw's war. Monday Night War era, you know, I mean, that's whenever he kind of established himself as a top guy. Yes, SmackDown, he was the face of it, and even the video games. You know, SmackDown, shut your mouth or whatever it was, you know, back in the day. The Rock was the face of SmackDown, so he has to be on this list. But um, if you're just being completely honest and objective, guys, there's definitely a lot more wrestlers that made a bigger impact on SmackDown than The Rock did. But just continuing on here, number three, Viva La Raza, Eddie Guerrero, WWE Champion, He was on SmackDown as a mid-card tag team wrestler with uh, Los Guerreros, with his uh, uncle, or no, 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 his nephew, Chavito, Chavo. So good little era there. Um, He elevated himself, kind of similar to JBL. JBL actually took the title from Eddie Guerrero, but Eddie elevated himself, beat Brock Lesnar to take that WWE championship at No Way Out, defended it successfully at WrestleMania 20. And uh, just that all happened on SmackDown, man. His reign there, whenever he was doing the lie, cheat, steal stuff, coming out in a different lowrider every week, entertaining to say the least. And he was without a doubt making SmackDown must-watch every single week. Number two, the person that he successfully beat at WrestleMania 20, the Olympic gold medalist, Kurt Angle. He is synonymous with SmackDown. I know he got drafted to Raw. He even made a run with TNA, I believe is on ECW as well for a little bit. I mean, it's just, you know, it is what it is. But Kurt Angle is somebody that whenever you think about him, number one, you think about SmackDown. That's kind of the brand that he was at uh, whenever he was doing his thing as WWE champion. Had a hell of a rivalry with Brock Lesnar. Amongst others, Eddie Guerrero included, like I just referred to. But man, it is, it's not a list without Kurt Angle. And if you're talking about SmackDown wrestlers who just dominated that brand it's not it doesn't get much better than kurt angle but there is maybe one guy who is synonymous with smackdown that he might edge out the olympic gold medalist and it's none other than the phenom the dead man the undertaker i mean where do i start like this i mean his american badass gimmick i mean that was kind of on smackdown he was, he, had, he was a nice heel On SmackDown as well, if you go back and kind of watch some of the stuff from like 2002, you see him do a lot of heel tactics going against a lot of different wrestlers. I wish I could name all of them off the top of my head here, but, man, he was just doing his thing and transforming to the dead man or, I guess, transforming back to the dead man. That happened on SmackDown and him having that reign as world heavyweight champion whenever that belt was brought over to SmackDown, you know, feuding with guys like Batista. Just to say the least, Heidenreich, I believe, even had a... Nice little feud against Undertaker. You might not know who Heidenreich is. He didn't have a long stint with WWE, but he definitely an interesting character for sure. But, anyways, he had a lot of good runs on SmackDown, a lot of good runs on Raw too. But if I think about SmackDown, uh, I think about the Undertaker for sure, and he was just kind of that presence. You know, Raw had Kane, Undertaker, had, or SmackDown had Undertaker, and it was just somewhat of like a perfect fit. And there's some things that shouldn't change. And this list, if anything, I hope, reminds you of how badass it is to have a true brand split, to have it structured, to have some actual, like, foundation there. You know what I'm talking about? Like, to actually be able to, to look at a wrestler and think, man, it'd be weird to see him on the other show. You know, whenever they show up, your mind's actually like, holy crap, you know, like, this is actually important. And then whenever they pull a draft out of their ass and they want to just switch people over, it actually means something. Like, now, look, Sami Zayn's been on SmackDown for, like, two or three years now straight, maybe even longer. If he were to show up on Raw, it would look weird. at least at first, Bobby Lashley coming over to SmackDown. that would look weird for a little bit. Damian Priest as well, him coming over like there's people who you just you don't really see on the other brand here lately, and I hope they trace or the, I hope they stay true to that because they could really get something going there. But uh, yeah, I mean, I have had the four for a while now, you know, kind of running through this list. What are your thoughts on it? You can comment on whatever, whether it's the, you know, honorable mentions or just if you have anybody that maybe you think I might have missed that, uh you know, is, I guess, synonymous with SmackDown.
1: Man, I can't really say exactly, like, if they were on SmackDown. I, I, I really didn't, like, I, I didn't know the brand like that, I guess you could say. you know. So, I mean, of course, I mean, whenever I think of stuff, you know, i kind of think of the rock as well i think of stone cold in a way what and of course like you said undertaker i mean that's the three big names that i can think of i mean i can't really man i'm pretty sure i mean maybe if i just put out some names you'd probably say yeah
2: they were there but yeah man those are the three ones that i would say that popped out to me yeah definitely some good stuff without a doubt Brock Lesnar, somebody who I also wanted to mention because he was on SmackDown during his WWE run, mm-hmm. and um, his first WWE run, and uh, that was something that was an asset. Like when they had Brock Lesnar on their roster, like you knew, like damn, you know they got the beast over there. But, mm-hmm. anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed that top five, uh, top five Friday. We like to do those over here, especially whenever it kind of just falls into our lap like this, whenever it just feels right, like it's like a. You know, you say, give me a sign, and one hits you square in the face. Like, 1,200th episode of SmackDown. It just made too much sense to do a SmackDown-themed top five, and I hope that the listeners enjoyed that, as well as the SmackDown review. Definitely hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, Like we said, they got some good stuff coming up next week. I do believe we get, uh, I think, Ricochet versus Corbin. That's a match that was announced. Raquel and Aaliyah versus Toxic Attraction. We're going to get that match next week on SmackDown. So you can definitely look forward to some good action as well as all the good podcasts that are be coming out throughout the week here on the WWE Podcast. you got the Weekend Review. you got the NXT Review with Memphis Mark. AEW Weekend Review, I believe, is what Mimi is doing this week. The Mailbag. I mean, Raw Review. I'm not sure if I commented that or mentioned that one yet, but either way, I mean, you guys already know. Some very good stuff coming here on the WWE Podcast. One more time, go listen to Football Function. Maybe subscribe on your sure. favorite podcast app if you haven't already. Definitely would appreciate that. goes a long way to helping me out. And uh, like I said, you know, I am forever indebted to those of you who have uh, taken the time to support that podcast over there. But I can't thank you enough for listening to this podcast right here, the SmackDown Review. If you're a first-time listener, thank you so much for choosing this podcast and if you are a regular listener thank you so much for making this part of your weekly routine and hopefully you will continue to do that and uh let me and john be the ones who break down this smackdown for you because we definitely enjoy doing it but uh john any shout outs any plugs anything like that before we sign off here
1: well man the way i just want to end the show is this i mean i just like how everything is just kind of like different already like you can kind of see like little tiny things that are making, like, big impacts, I guess you could say. So I definitely want to say shout-out Triple H for, you know, definitely spicing things up, I guess you could say. But definitely want to give you a shout-out, man. Yeah, definitely check out the football function. It's about to get juicy. We got some football games tomorrow. I'm ready for that. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, man, Uh definitely want to thank the listeners for, you know, like Michael's saying, making this part of your routine. Uh, weekly listen, I guess you could say. But, yeah. Definitely want to just close it out like that. All
2: right, I appreciate you taking us with you. Whatever it is that you're doing, whenever you listen to this podcast, whether you're just you know going for a drive in your commute to work, actually at work, maybe at the gym, doing whatever it is you do. You know, sometimes I listen to podcasts while I play Madden or something like that. Like it's just ways to pass time. Definitely while I'm working. So uh, I hope that we are you know helping you do whatever you do. In a, in a safe way, you know, don't be, you know, getting swerving off the road or anything like that, trying to, you know, skip through the ads. Definitely. If you got ads going on, just go over to Patreon, get that problem out of the way. A uh, quick little plug there to close it out, but I hope you guys all have a damn good weekend. Walk passionately in the direction of your dreams. I'll talk to you soon. Go
0: Falcons. All right. So the truth is no dude wants to be called Pam, but the truth is most men have a Pam problem. The Pam problem guys, you know what that is? It's the passive-aggressive man, passive with his hopes, dreams, desires, maybe aggressive with vices, self-sabotage, distractions. They also struggle with women, work, and the world of men. Pam is passive with women, constantly friend-zoned. He's the nice guy that women keep around to help them move, check on their dogs, but never want to date. Pam is passed up at work, passed up for the promotion, and can't seem to catch a break. If you think you may have a Pam problem or maybe you know someone that does, check out The High Value Man Conversation on Apple and Spotify and learn how to stop Pam and become a high value man. Learn more about the host, Aaron Alejandrino, on Instagram at TheFitBeard, all one word. But the podcast is called High Value Man Conversation. I checked it out on Apple Podcasts. It already has a five-star review. It's got some great episodes, including how to avoid that dreaded friend zone. Those of you guys out there, I'm very familiar with that friend zone over the years. I was lucky enough to finally get out of it, but that is going to be an excellent episode for the you guys out there that are stuck in that situation. You can also learn how to just make friends. I mean, just basic stuff, but critical, critical stuff as well. Check out the High Value Man Conversation. It's available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You're not going to want to miss it. It'll add value to your life, guaranteed. Check it out today. Thanks for listening to the WWE Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show, or head to wwepodcast.com. And for all of these shows ad-free, head over to patreon.com slash WWE podcast.
2: Until then, we'll see you next time.